اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ان شاء اللہ we'll begin from ayah number 78 لعن الذین كفروا من بني اسرائیل cursed were the people which people of بني اسرائیل which ones exactly those who disbelieved so those who disbelieved from the children of اسرائیل They were cursed. By who? عَلَى لِسَانِ دَاوُودَ وَعِيسَ بْنِ مَرْيَمْ At the tongue of Dawood and Isa ibn Maryam. Both of these prophets, they cursed their own people. Bani Israel. Why? ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْ That is because of their disobedience. وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ And their constant transgression. The word كَانُوا When it comes before a verb, Then it implies they used to habitually do this. It wasn't just that this happened once or twice. No, they did this repeatedly again and again. They used to habitually transgress against others, against people, against the messengers. So this is the reason why the messengers, they got so fed up with them that they literally cursed them. And what does it mean by curse? When one is cursing someone means that may Allah's curse be on them. That may that person be far removed from the mercy of Allah. That may this person be distanced from Allah. That may Allah not show any affection to him, any kindness to him, neither in this world nor in the hereafter. Now this is something that we shouldn't be generally asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. We should always be asking for what? Good things for ourselves and also for others. Which is why it is said that even if your enemy oppresses you, wrongs you, don't curse them. Ask Allah to guide them. Ask Allah to forgive them. But in severe cases, in extreme situations, we see that invoking the curse of Allah upon someone is allowed. But it's only in extreme cases. Which is why we see that Dawood Isa they cursed the Bani Israel. So we have to realize that their disobedience and their transgression was not small. You see Muhammad wasallam. remember when he went to At-Ta'if and what happened to him? The people didn't just disobey him, didn't just rebuke him, but they physically abused him. They literally chased him out of At-Ta'if. They pelted him with stones so that he couldn't stay there. And as he was walking away, they kept pelting him with stones to the point that he was bleeding profusely. And what happened then? Angel Jibreel brought the angel who looked after the mountains. And what did he say? That if you want, this angel will be told to finish the people immediately. Bring these two mountains on top of them so that these people are finished immediately. But did the Prophet ﷺ agree to that? No, he didn't. Why? Because the people of At-Ta'if didn't know. The people of Makkah, they opposed the Prophet ﷺ for so long. Even they hurt him so much. But did he pray against them? No, he didn't. He forgave them again and again. But what happened at the battle of Uhud? When they had come to fight against him, and they had physically hurt him, he was bleeding, his tooth was broken. What happened then? He said that how will a people be guided who have treated their messenger in this way? He didn't even invoke the words of curse against the people, but he said something that showed that he didn't have any hope left in them. But what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveal? لَيْسَ لَكَ مِنَ الْأَمْرِ شَيْءٍ 
you have no control over here. The matter of guidance is with only who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it shows that it was that point that the Prophet ﷺ was very, very unhappy with the people. Up until that point, he was tolerating their harm. But at that point, it seems that he was really upset with them, which is why he said that statement. But imagine... Isa a.s. how much he must have been harassed by his people, by their disobedience. How much he must have been hurt that he invoked the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against them. وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ And because of their constant disobedience. كَانُوا لَا يَتَنَاهَوْنَ عَمْ مُنْكَرٍ فَعَلُوهُ They used to not prevent one another. Notice the word يَتَنَاهَوْنَ It is to stop each other, to stop one another. They wouldn't stop each other from the wrong that they themselves would do. Why wouldn't they stop others? When do we hesitate of stopping others from something wrong that they're doing? When we have this fear that they're going to tell me, well, you do the same thing. When we have this fear that she's going to point fingers at me, then we say, okay, I better be quiet here. And then what happens? You're doing wrong, the other person's doing wrong. Instead of stopping one another, you become a support for each other in that wrong action. And it becomes the norm. It becomes the culture. It becomes widespread. And like this, evil spreads. لَبِئْسَ مَا كَانُوا يَفْعَلُونَ How evil it is that they used to do. Now one is that a person does not know about what is right and what is wrong. And if he doesn't stop others, it's understandable. But when a person knows what is right and what is wrong, and he is at the position where he is supposed to be telling other people what is right and wrong. And yet he does not tell them, he does not make them aware, he does not stop them, then he is the most evil person. It shows selfishness. And it shows heedlessness to the word of Allah. It shows that a person really doesn't care about Allah's law. Imagine if there's some government worker, whatever kind of work they're doing, and if they see something wrong and they let it happen in exchange for a bribe, then is this person a good person? Not at all. Will he be kept? If his cheating and his bribe and all this is found out, is he going to continue with his work? No. He's going to be punished in fact. He's going to be penalized for the wrong that he has done. So in Allah's court, which is the most just, same thing will be done. Those who know, who are supposed to be stopping from evil, if they are promoting evil, then they are the most evil people. Then they are the most disobedient people, the most wicked people. And we learn about this in the Bible also. In Matthew 23, it has been said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin. Meaning you are so concerned about these little, little things that you say that a tenth has to be given, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides. You strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. This is the extent of your khiyana. Likewise, it has been said, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. First clean the inside of the cup, and then the dish, and then the outside also will be clean. Meaning, you are so concerned about your outer appearance, that you neglect what's inside. You are so concerned about the outer 
matters, but the inner matters you have neglected so much. Likewise, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. And here we need to reflect on ourselves. That many times we see, we know what is right and what is wrong. Yet, we are far away from it in practice. We let wrong happen in our own houses, in our own families. We are engaged in it ourselves. And yet here we are wondering, is this length of hijab okay or not? Is this length of abaya okay or not? We are so concerned about the minutes and the seconds. We're so concerned about the percentages. But when it comes to being truthful and sincere to Allah in private matters, and hidden matters, then we are not sincere and truthful there. Some people, their entire focus is on the outside. That my outside should be perfect. My hijab, my abaya, my fasting, my prayer, the way I'm praying, my hands have to be here and not here and not here. And my hands have to be raised up to here. Like we're so concerned about these details that we neglect the heart. That what's the heart full of? Is it full of envy, jealousy, pride, greed? What is it full of? My thoughts. What's in my head? My niya. Am I showing off or am I doing it for Allah? And on the other hand, there's another extreme. That people pay no attention to these details of the law. That they're completely disregarded. And a person says, oh, you don't have to pray like that. You just have to have a very loving and caring heart. You don't have to wear the hijab as long as you're very modest and shy inside. And that's sufficient. No, there has to be a balance. And what is that balance? What Allah has taught. That a person observes ma'roof in the outward and the inward. He obeys Allah outwardly and inwardly. He fears Allah. There's fear that's manifested on the body, in the clothes, and also that's present in the heart. The word khushur, what does khushur mean? Humility and submissiveness. And we think khushur in prayer is that yes, in my heart I'm very fearful of Allah, I'm very focused in the prayer. But there was a man who was praying salah once, and he was playing with his beard. Like he was continuously passing his hands in it. And the Prophet ﷺ said that if there was khushur in his heart, then لَخَشْعَ جُوَارِحُهُ Then his limbs would also have been humble. That humility would have shown. So this is a reality. That when there is fear of Allah, honesty, truthfulness, sincerity inside, then it will come outside as well. And if it is put on from outside, then it's just a show. And sooner or later, it will come off. And people will see the reality of the person. Allah says, تَرَى كَثِيرًا مِّنْهُمْ You will see majority of them. Of who? Of the Bani Israel. That till today, until the time of the Prophet ﷺ, and afterwards, because over here primarily, Muhammad ﷺ is being addressed. That you see, majority of them, they are يَتَوَلَّوْنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا They befriend those people who disbelieve. Instead of befriending the people who believe in Allah, the people who believe in Musa salam, the people who believe in Ibrahim salam, instead of befriending them, who do they befriend? The people who disbelieve in Allah, who don't have any faith in the prophets of Allah, who don't have any kind of belief in the hereafter. So 
What kind of iman do they have? Because here they are very proud of being the children of the prophets. Here they are very proud of being the people of the scripture. But who are they befriending? Those who love the scripture? Those who believe in it? Or those who reject it? They're befriending those who reject it. Because at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, we see that despite the fact that Muhammad ﷺ, the Muslims lived in Medina, and there was a contract that was made with them, the Yahud still they went to Mecca and befriended the enemies of the Prophet ﷺ. They befriended the mushrikeen. Who were the mushrikeen? Who didn't believe in the Torah, who didn't believe in Musa ﷺ. Nothing at all. And Muhammad ﷺ, who was so close to them in their faith, to the point that for about 16 months, they faced the same qibla in prayer, the same prayer direction. That's what they faced in salah. Muhammad ﷺ, as well as the Jews of Medina. Despite all these similarities, yet the Yahud, they did not befriend the Muslims. Instead, they only conspired against them. They only plotted against them. They only harmed them. They only proved treacherous. So Allah says, تَرَى كَثِيرًا مِّنْهُمْ يَتَوَلَّوْنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَبِئْسَ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لَهُمْ أَنفُسُهُمْ How wretched, how evil is that which they have put forth for themselves. How evil is what they are preparing for themselves, what they have sent in the hereafter for themselves. And what is it? أَنْ سَخِطَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ That Allah has become angry with them. That with their actions, with their treachery, what are they doing? Are they making Allah happy or are they making Him unhappy? They're making Him unhappy. They have earned the anger of Allah. And this is the worst thing that a person could prepare for his akhirah. Allah's anger. The worst thing that a person could prepare for his akhirah. Because in this dunya, if you do something wrong, Allah is unhappy with you. You do istighfar. You do tawbah. You increase in your righteousness. And inshallah, there is hope that Allah will be happy with you. But if a person has been living this way of disobedience, of treachery, constantly doing khiyana with Allah, then in the hereafter, what does he have? Allah's mercy, his happiness, his ridwan, no, his sakhat. So how bad it is what they have prepared for themselves. وَفِي الْعَذَابِهُمْ خَالِدُونَ And in the punishment, they will abide eternally. Notice over here, their friendship is being criticized. Allah does not like the friends that they have made. Why? Because the friends you choose for yourself, the friends you make, what do they reflect? You. What kind of a person you are. And what you like to do. What your friends do is something that you do. And if you don't do it, at least you are okay with it. Because otherwise you wouldn't be friends with those people. So if they have iman in their hearts, how can they like people who don't have iman? How can they be so close to them? It doesn't make sense. The one who has love for Allah, how can he be close friends with someone who rejects the existence of Allah? There's a story of a Bedouin that is told. There was a Bedouin man who used to live in the desert, hadn't seen much of the world at all. Nothing at all, in fact, except for the sandy deserts where he used to live. And he came across someone who was going about in the desert, somebody who had come from outside, and that man was not a Muslim. So when he was told, the Bedouin man was told that this person is not a Muslim. Maybe he was telling him to pray or whatever. He said he's not a Muslim. That Bedouin man, he threw up. 
he got sick to his stomach. That how can there be a person who does not believe in Allah? He couldn't understand. He couldn't accept it. He couldn't digest it. It's like he got sick to the stomach. He threw up immediately. You know when you hear something so disturbing that immediately it gives you a headache. He was so disturbed that he threw up. And here we are thinking, yeah, what's the big deal? Yeah, people don't believe in Allah. Yes, they say the most ridiculous things about the Prophet ﷺ, which are untrue. And we're laughing with them, we're joking with them. And we say, yeah, it's good the way you are. And it's fine, for you is your religion, for me is my religion. And you know, we're like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm not saying that you should be hostile with them. I'm not saying that we should be cold with people who don't believe in Allah. But we should realize our responsibility of conveying the message to them. We should realize that when we know Allah, when we have iman, we cannot keep this treasure to ourselves. We have to tell them about it as well. And this can only happen when we are true to Allah. Because when you're true to something, then you don't keep it to yourself. You tell other people about it. And you want others to benefit from it too. You know, just recently I found out that there's a big deal that the Saudi airlines has been promoting. So many people already know about it. I mean, there are people calling everybody. So are you going for Umrah? Are you going? And they're like, make sure you book your tickets because Sunday is the last day. That's what I was told. So if you find out about something good, what do you do? You tell everybody. And you don't just tell them, you encourage them. And you get on their case until they do it. So what kind of love do we have for Allah? That we don't even talk about Allah. We don't even remind people of who Allah is. We don't even tell them about who Allah is. لَبِئْسَ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لَهُمْ أَنفُسُهُمْ أَنْ سَخِطَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَفِي الْعَذَابِ هُمْ خَالِدُونَ Allah says, وَلَوْ كَانُوا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالنَّبِيِّ And if they had truly believed in Allah and the Prophet, if they had iman in Allah and the Messenger, if that iman was true, وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِ And that which was revealed to him, meaning to the Prophet, if they truly believed in the revelation, then مَتَّخَذُوهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءِ They would not have taken these people as their close friends. Yes, there would be their acquaintances, they would meet them, but they wouldn't have taken them as their awliya. Because who is wali? A very close friend. Allies. وَلَكِنَّ كَثِيرًا مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ But the reality is that most of them are sinful. Allah says, لَتَجِدَنَّ Surely you will definitely find أَشَدَّ النَّاسِ عَدَاوَةً The most intense of people in hatred. أَشَدَّ النَّاسِ The most intense, the most severe of people when it comes to what? When it comes to adawa. Adawa is enmity, hatred. The word adu is from the same root. What is adu? Enemy. So the one who is an enemy, you will find that the people who entertain the most hatred, who are violent in their hatred, they are full of hatred. For who? لِلَّذِينَ amanu. For those people who believe. Who hates them the most? Who hates them you know, violently, extremely, Allah says, it is Al-Yahud. It is Al-Yahud. This was very true at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. Very, very true. 
Because like mentioned in the previous verses, despite the similarities, despite the fact that they lived in the same city, despite the fact that there was a contract between them, yet if they were coming to kill the Prophet ﷺ, if they were going outside inciting other people to come against Muhammad ﷺ, then what does it show? That they had no love. They had no kindness, no kind of good feelings for the Prophet ﷺ or the Muslims. So what were their hearts full of? Enmity and hatred. وَالَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا And also those people who do shirk. Those people who associate partners with Allah, who worship idols, who worship imaginary beings, then those people also you will find are extremely hateful towards who? Towards the Muslims. These two groups, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, will be most violent in their hatred against who? The Muslims. And this is something that we see. The mushrikeen of Makkah, what kind of hatred did they have for the Muslims? What kind of hatred did they have? Extreme hatred. Think about it. Hind bin Utbah, when she was still a mushrika. What kind of hatred do you think she had in her heart? That she didn't just have Hamza radiallahu anhu killed, but she had his body cut open, his heart taken out, his ears and nose cut off, made a necklace out of it and wore it around her neck. If this is not hatred, what is it? We don't see that the Muslims ever, ever mutilated the dead of the mushrikeen. Never ever. And it wasn't just Hamza anhu whose body was mutilated at Uhud. Many companions, their bodies were mutilated. There were companions who were caught by the mushrikeen of Makkah, brought into Makkah, and they were assassinated publicly. What kind of love would be in the heart of a person who is making another lie down on hot burning sand when the sun is up in the sky and laying down heavy burning rocks on his chest. And when he says, Ahad, Ahad, he is punished even more. Is that love or hatred? Tell me. It's hatred, right? Why would you torture somebody like that? And there are many stories, many, many stories of torture that the Muslims suffered at the ends of who? Yahud and Alladina Ashraku. Torture. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning the people. About who? About their enemy. That be careful. That some people might show on the apparent that they love you, that they're sincere to you. But in reality, they don't love you, they hate you, they don't even think that you're worth living. You're worth existing. Which is why they'll confiscate your lands, your homes from you, kill you for no reason, your children abuse you, torture you for years. They don't have any love for you, so don't be fooled. At the same time, Allah says, And you will find the nearest of them in love, in affection, in kindness. لِلَّذِينَ amanu To those people who believe, meaning out of non-Muslims, which people? have love for the Muslims? Which group of people are kind towards the Muslims? You see that they are sincere? Allah says they are الَّذِينَ قَالُوا Those people who say إِنَّا نَصَارَى We are Christians. This is something that was very clear even at the time of the Prophet ﷺ. That those people 
who claimed themselves to be Christians, they were of the most loving people. They were of the most sincere people. I mean, their sincerity showed, their honesty showed. Why? Allah says, why is this difference there? Because they're all non-Muslim. But some you find so full of hatred. And on the other hand, you find other people who are not hateful at all. They're kind, they're loving, they're okay with you. Why? Because بِأَنَّ مِنْهُمْ قِسِّيسِينَ وَرُحْبَانًا Because indeed from them are قِسِّيسِينَ and رُحْبَانًا Who are قِسِّيسِينَ? قِسِّيسِينَ plural of قِسِّيس and رُحْبَانًا plural of رَاهِب قِسِّيس is basically a Christian priest. Someone who is knowledgeable of their religion, of their religious laws, theology, so on and so forth. But not just knowledge, but also action. عَالِم and عامل عابد someone who is knowledgeable and is also a devout worshipper and we see this as something common in Christianity that the higher the level is of a person in the church the more devout they're supposed to be the more righteous they're supposed to be or at least more is required of them yes you will find exceptions but generally this is what you see and ruhban from the Christians are also ruhban who are Rahban? Rahib. Rahib is basically someone who has a lot of Rahab in his heart. Rahab is fear. So extreme fear of God, which makes a person abandon everything of this world and just worship all day, all night. Meaning a person does nothing else, but he just worships God. That's it. He lives far from the people. A monk basically. So you find such people amongst them who have abandoned the world, they do not get married, they dedicate their lives for the service of the church or whatever it is. Because of this reason, Allah says you will find these people to be loving. وَأَنَّهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ And a big reason is that they are not arrogant. They are not arrogant. Because think about it. What kind of a heart is arrogant? Of the person who believes that, he is better. He is right. He is good. When a person believes, I am the best, everybody else is not good, then he has pride in his heart. And what does pride lead to? Looking down on others. Which is why kibir is defined as batarul haq wa ghamtun nas. It is defined as rejecting the truth and belittling people. So kibir leads to belittling others, rejecting the truth. And a person is only concerned about himself. This is what kibir is. And if a person sees that, oh, this person is trying to be like me or trying to be better than me, then his heart will be full of good feelings for them or hatred for them. Hatred. And this hatred, this jealousy, it will grow. It will increase. So the nasara, they are not arrogant. And an arrogant heart is full of hatred. A humble heart is not full of hatred. It is full of humility, love, affection, and care for everybody. And we see that at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the Muslims came in contact with the Jews as well as the Christians. If you look at it, when the Muslims came to Medina, they dealt with the Jews. The Jews continuously plotted and planned against them. They harmed them. They used many tricks, many ways to harm the Muslims. Whereas on the other hand, when the Muslims came in contact with the Christians in Abyssinia, What happened? The Christian king actually gave refuge to the Muslims. And when the Mushikin came to get them, what did the Abyssinian king say? No. He refused to let them go. 
Likewise, we see that when the Prophet ﷺ dealt with the leaders of the Jews, each time they proved to be deceptive. They even attempted to kill the Prophet ﷺ. Such as their leaders like Karbun Ashraf, Huyay bin Akhtab. And when the Prophet ﷺ, he dealt with the Christian leaders, the Christian kings, whether it was from Abyssinia or the Roman king, the king of Egypt, which were all Christian at that time, they showed a much better response. So we see this, that throughout history, this is a reality. That the Muslims have found the Christians to be the most loving people, or the most affectionate. It doesn't mean that this was always the case. Yes, there are always exceptions. I mean, the Crusades happened. So there are always exceptions, but overall, when you deal with people, this is something that you will find that is true even today. But this ayah, we shouldn't just understand with regards to the Jews and the Christians and Alladina Ashraku. Let's look at ourselves. We should reflect on ourselves because Allah says about the Christians that they are not full of hatred. Why? Because they are knowledgeable and they are devout worshippers. And because of the fact that they are not arrogant. So we have to look at ourselves. That as ilm is coming, is amal also coming? As we are learning, are we also practicing? Because if knowledge is not followed up by action, then it makes the heart of a person hard. Because then a person says, yeah, I know it. Yeah, I know everything. But he doesn't reflect on himself. He doesn't reflect on his behavior. It only hardens a person. One is that a person learns in order to improve themselves. And the other is that a person learns in order to kill time. Because they're being forced into it. They have no interest in it. And this is something that makes that knowledge an argument against the person. It makes the person asfala safilin, the lowest of the low. In this world and the hereafter. When a person learns not to benefit himself, just because they're being told, or just because it's being forced onto them, then that knowledge will not translate into action. Then everything will go one ear and out the other. Actions will never change. Humility will never come. Submissiveness will never come. Jealousy will never go away. And a person only increases in his pride. His akhlaq shows what kind of a person he is. What kind of knowledge he has gained. So the Christians, they are humble. Why? Because of their knowledge and action. And they are humble. Just recently I was looking at the tweets of this big Christian priest. Or I don't know what exactly he is. He was basically somewhere in Africa. And in a big, big stadium, there was a program that he had. And there was a huge screen. A huge screen. I mean, people looked like the size of a centimeter compared to that screen. And on that big screen was his face. Because what what he was doing, it was being relayed live on the screen so that everybody could see him as well. As they could hear him, they could also see him. And he posted that picture and he said, if your face is that big, then every flaw will be visible. Or something of the sort he had written. That if people can see you, then they will see your faults too. They will see your faults too. But what do we think? Imagine if our face 
is blown up like this and everybody can see it, we'd be so proud of ourselves. But look at the humility of that man that he said that now the flaws are more visible. This is humility. Now it doesn't mean that they are right in what they're doing. They may be right in some ways and they may be wrong in some ways. When it comes to their aqidah, we have learned earlier, لَقَدْ كَفَرَ That it is kufr, it's not acceptable. But there is always things that we can learn even from those who disbelieve. And this kind of humility is something that we need to learn from the Christians. We need to see how humble they are. Think about it. When we are out somewhere and if we come across a person who is a practicing Christian, you will see in the manner that they deal with you, they are humble. And if we become more practicing, immediately we become rude with others. We start looking down at them. As soon as that hijab is put on, that niqab is put on, people become cold and harsh. Don't you ever think that these Christians, when they come to your house to preach, they will stand there and they will discuss for hours and hours. They will not give up until you give up. They will not become rude. They will not say anything sarcastic. They will not pass any offensive remarks. No, they won't speak like that. But we want to just yell at them and chase them away. So what is it that increases a person in humility? It is ilm ma'al amal. It is knowledge with action. Because if knowledge is gained just to argue with others, to prove them wrong, then it doesn't make a person humble. It only makes him proud and arrogant. So check yourself. Alhamdulillah, after learning six juz of the Qur'an, does my heart still have jealousy in it? Do I feel that I am better than others? Maybe my siblings, maybe my spouse, maybe my parents, maybe my in-laws. That I am better because I know and I am more educated and I have studied the Qur'an and because of that whatever they say is wrong, whatever I say and believe is always right. If such feelings are there, then there is a problem. Because a believer is humble. And your humility will show in your dealings with people. I was thinking about the Qasis, he's a alim and abid and amil, right? So Ruhban is the one he fear Allah, right? So this is supposed to be to worship Allah is supposed to be having ilm and amal and ikhlas. Yes. So Ruhban is a khawf, right? Yes. It's fear. So ilm Amal and ikhlas. Yes. All these three things are necessary. This is what will make a person humble. Let's listen to the recitation. Lu'ina al-lazina kafaru min bani Israel ala lisani Dawood wa'isa ibn Maryam ذَلِكَ بِمَا عَصَوْا وَكَانُوا يَعْتَدُونَ كَانُوا لَا يَتَنَاهَوْنَ عَمْ مُنْكَرٍ فَعَلُونَ لَبِئْسَ مَا كَانُوا يَفْعَلُونَ تَرَى كَثِيرًا مِّنْهُمْ يَتَوَلَّوْنَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَبِئْسَ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لَهُمْ أَنفُسُهُمْ أَن سَخِطَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَفِي الْعَذَابِ هُمْ خَالِدُونَ 
وَلَوْ كَانُوا يُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَالنَّبِيِّ وَمَا أُنزِلَ إِلَيْهِمَ اتَّخَذُوهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءَ مَا اتَّخَذُوهُمْ أَوْلِيَاءَ وَلَكِنَّ كَثِيرًا مِّنْهُمْ فَاسِقُونَ لَتَجِدَنَّ أَشَدَّ النَّاسِ عَدَاوَةً لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا الْيَهُودَ وَالَّذِينَ أَشْرَكُوا وَلَتَجِدَنَّ أَقْرَبَهُمْ مَوَدَّةً لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا الَّذِينَ قَالُوا إِنَّا نَصَارَى ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّ مِنْهُمْ قِسِّيسِينَ وَرُهْبَانًا وَأَنَّهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته